Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Universe podcast. Today, we're discussing episode four of Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Star Wars show. All that and more after a commercial break. We have no control over it. Welcome back. This is your host, Matthew. Is that in pronouns? I'm Ashley Coffin. I'm Paul Hoppy. Welcome, both of you. So we're talking about uh, Star Wars Kenobi Episode 4. What would you both think? I loved it. Yeah. They just need to keep doing this uh, lightsabers in the dark ninja stuff for the rest of the show. And I'm just going to be so happy. I did, when the lights went off, I was like, oh, yes. Here that comes, a, here comes. <laughs> that was a great scene. I really appreciated that. Yeah. Paul, what about you? I, I had a fair amount of quibbles, but uh, uh-huh. the beauty of the lightsabers was not one of them. You know, that part yes. was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think this was the episode where I really kind of got committed to, okay, this is the show they're doing. It's never going to be the show that I wanted. And I have some, it's not, it's, I don't think this is going to be one of my favorite Star Wars properties, but I think this episode kind of pulled me in a lot more. Um, I think more than anything, this episode is what made me think, I think I'm going to enjoy this a lot more when I can go back and binge it. Mm. Like, yeah. to me, it's really suffering because the way it's paced, the way the story is unfolding, this is the first episode where I felt fully satisfied at the end of it, where I wasn't like, okay, why do I have to stop the story now? It felt a little shorter than the other episodes. That might not be true, but for some reason, yeah. I was like, oh, it's done. But I, I also tend to feel that way when it's just a lot of action because yeah. then I'm excited and then I'm like, that goes so fast. <laughs> now, one thing I have realized, and granted, I, I didn't figure this out myself. Some TikTokers pointed this out, but I do think this is really cool that all of these episodes are are numbered officially with Roman numerals. Yeah. One, two, three, four. And uh, people have pointed out that so far they're doing it that each episode has had a very solid reference to the corresponding movie. Oh, so cool. episode one had Luke like flying, pretending he was pod racing, very much like an Anakin scene. Episode two had a clone trooper that got introduced in the Clone Wars. Episode three had, you know, uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan fighting in fire. Uh, mm-hmm. And then this one had Princess Leia held prisoner in a Imperial facility that she had to be rescued from. By Obi-Wan, um, who comes by in. By Obi-Wan, yeah. by Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah. Who didn't say, I'm Ben, I'm here to save you, much to our disappointment. Huh. Uh, and she didn't say to anyone that they were short for a stormtrooper. But but yeah, I, I just really liked when I realized like that correlation that they're doing. That is cool. I enjoyed, like, I did realize that a lot during the episode. Uh-huh. Like, I was like, oh, Obi-Wan, oh, oh, and then this, oh, and then, and then there was actually a point where I was kind of like, okay, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm like, I, I guess, you know, you kind of just came up with your structure for the series by being like, all right, well, what happens in episode five? Like, can we predict <laughs> what happens? I felt like that's how the new movies were, though. Right? In Obi-Wan Strikes <laughs> Back, or is that five? Right. Um... But, but yeah, the first, I, the first two episodes were much less of a connection. Than yeah, this one was like literally the plot of Star yeah. Wars, basically. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think I enjoyed it. I really liked, um, what, what's the, Tara? Is that the name Tala, of the character? I believe. Tala? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really liked her and I liked getting to see like the little bit of the kind of underground railroad they have. Um, though, we, we've talked a lot about the Empire's need for better worker safety. 
I'm not a military person, but I've watched enough things and have read enough things about aircraft carriers and how you protect bases with the Air Force and stuff like that. I'm going to go see Top Gun pretty soon. So I just want to say these three simple words to Imperial security people. Combat Air Patrol. It's the idea that you have your fighters in the air already so that if your base gets attacked, someone's there to stop them. Because when these two, like, ships came out of nowhere to attack inside the base and there was no TIE fighters anywhere to shoot to attack them, let alone after they started attacking, no TIE fighters launched. <laughs> it's I mean, level 10 boss boss house, though. They're like, ain't nobody coming here. Mm-hmm. They're crazy because they have all that, uh, what's it called? The, like, useless like a drive that goes nowhere they're like like when they don't kill james bond but they bring him back to tell them about their oh monologuing yeah like what are you doing yeah that whole place is just a a statue of a monologue if if it were episode six i would say uh their overconfidence is their weakness that was yeah that's fair that's fair (laughs) but yeah it definitely we lee was complaining about their lack of security and Uh the fact that it's like these it's not like they're these impressive ships either right it's these people who are are not Mm -hmm. soldiers coming in on these like little dinky things and they're like yeah we're we're just totally gonna just massacre everyone i was like "Eh, okay and like you they took the point to show us that there is tie fighters at this base they showed them that in the landing base mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. so even when the ship flew away and they were like well i hit one with a piece of furniture but the other gosh we don't have any ships that could go chase them um i think the idea is that there's like not that much of a rebellion yet right like mm-hmm. that's the only way i can kind of square it because it was kind of <laughs> like i was like just, just let it just there's enough things i'm annoyed about yeah. obi-wan <laughs> but... swam in Though I wouldn't right. get in, in the water in a single planet in any Star Wars property. No. Never. Definitely. Did you see that starfish or whatever that yeah. was? Yeah. I saw it. It's so never it good very... to get in the water. Yeah. Yeah. For I never sure. knew I needed the deep to be part of the rebels, but yeah. <laughs> those those fish were a problem. Um, I do need to just say one other quick thing that um, I don't know. There have been some great Clone War references. There's one thing that I caught that actually probably went totally over your head. But when they showed the um, the tombs of the various Jedi, one of the first ones we saw, who kind of looked like kind of a goat man type person, uh, it's it. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be uh, Terra Sanub, who's a Jedi master. He's only mentioned in one episode of Clone Wars, but it's where Ahsoka loses her lightsaber, and he's this kind of like kindly old man who helps her. I saw him for 10 minutes on screen five years ago, <laughs> and I cried when I saw him. It was just like such a like. Oh, Filoni, I wanted Clone Wars references, but like, wow, that's a gut punch. Um, I, I mean, I loved it, but it definitely hit me pretty hard. Uh, the skeptical look on Paul's face tells me he might have had a different reaction. Yeah, I was just like, I don't need this. Like, I appreciate the attention to detail and that, I mean, I think most of those Jedi were probably supposed to be some deep cuts, you know? Oh, sure, um, yeah. I, I, when I when it showed them, I was like, okay, these are probably some of the important they're going to tell me later. Right, right. exactly. Um, you know, a lot of easter eggs uh, that will never hatch but uh it <laughs> uh I, I will reiterate that i i don't think filoni has as much to do with this show as um i think you think he does but i don't no, know I, for certain but like he's involved I, a little right i i think it's more of a general like 
I think he has brought to Star Wars the idea of let's take the Clone Wars and the and the Rebel shows seriously and let's bring those stories in. I don't think he chose to put this one in. It's just more of a general like he's the sort of personification of the overall storytelling ethos that they have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think that's a hundred percent correct. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I was sort of like, all right, if that were the sort of thing I'd be interested in, then. I could see that being a really great detail, you know? Uh -huh. I'm just like, uh, I don't know. I'm just not into the whole Jedi hunting thing and the, like, here's all that. Like, I just don't like it. I don't like it. That's it's fair. not what I want from a Star Wars story. If it is, that's great. They did it really well. But, like, yeah. and then also, like, at the end, you know, where, like, Wade and Sully or whatever. She's like, Wade! I'm just like, like, what? Like, I don't know. It, it felt, it's that thing that, to me, feels very emotionally manipulative, and yeah, for me, it just makes me irritated and kind of roll mm -hmm. my eyes. However, if you're here for that, then I think it's probably great, I guess. So, you know, whatevs. Isn't that Star Wars like lore, though, that that happened? Like, it's a big deal? Yeah, it is. That they all got wiped out? Yeah, and so here they are. You know, this story is kind of telling more of that story. It's just right. like the first part of the story, the whole Order 60, like just, I, I won't even get started. But it's just, it never made any sense to me. And the idea of the Jedi more gradually uh, dying out, like from, if we talk about like the original trilogy and then mm -hmm. sort of thinking about what it would have been like leading up to that, you know, you're right. the, all that's left of your ancient religion. It doesn't, I can't square that, that line and that, right? And right. so okay. it's like, I do think that given what the prequel set up, that I think the animated shows did a fantastic job of dealing with all that. But uh, but it's just it's just not the part that I enjoy. I, I love the lightsabers, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm here uh, for that much more. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. yeah, that that's fair. Like, I I like the Terrace Noob reference. And I like the, the way I felt it was done. And Ashley, tell me if I'm wrong, is, like, to me, the perfect Easter egg is one where without knowing the deeper reference you still just get oh these are dead jedi that's right. a thing mm -hmm. but then if you get the reference it adds a little more but it doesn't take away if you didn't know it like did you right. feel frustrated that you didn't know who those people were or no. was it just like yeah no no yeah. no I, I agree with yeah. that yeah it it's yeah. you want something to be watchable and to someone to be able right. to appreciate the gist of what's going on without knowing all of the the details but then yeah. if you add the details it adds a little bit of extra kind of texture and meaning to you right well, you I just will... start to think, I'm like, is, was that Wade guy anybody that, or was yeah. that a character for the show, or was he somebody I was supposed to know? Right. I literally Googled it. I was like, who is Sully? Okay. And yeah, but I, awesome. I didn't come up with much. Okay. Yeah. And to be clear, I like Tara Sanub because I think they didn't hit us over the head. It was just like, oh, look, Jedi are dead. Sure, yeah. Here, yeah, a red shirt died. Right. And I think the fact that, like, a group that saw themselves as under undercover, sol undercover helpers, not soldiers had to go into combat, one of them died, that's enough to be sad. Having her look and watch him crash for three seconds oh, yeah, yeah. while she's being chased, let alone the whole, like, wait, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that felt emotionally manipulative to me. Okay, that, yeah. That, that I definitely agree with you there. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, God damn it, I really liked this episode in the moment. <laughs> yes. I did, wasn't bothered by it. I was like, oh no, Wade, mm -hmm. character who doesn't matter. <laughs> like, Let's yeah. go, what's happening next? Yeah. Wade, you'll come okay, back I'm as Deadpool, it'll be care. fine. Yeah, okay, uh, Wikipedia, uh, uh, Riki points out something that I didn't even notice, but I don't know if oh. you did, but that's kind of awesome, that the Inquisitors had in their kind of conference room a rack of lightsabers that could well be a uh, 
you know, General Grievous isn't oh, around to hoard them anymore. Right. So maybe now they all go there, which would be seems a, likely. totally do that. I would put them down my stairwell to my basement. Yeah. yeah. See, like that would have been enough for me. You know, mm -hmm. like I didn't need like all the preserved corpses. <laughs> yeah. Courtney points out that there's kind of creep factor that that Vader is storing all of them, like kind of a hunter. Uh, and she says at least he didn't mount the heads, which I, I would agree would be much worse. Yeah. I think it's just adding to show like how messed up he is. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, like I feel it. like it would be marginally worse, I guess. But it to me, yeah. it feels like the same. That That is how it feels to me, you know. And yeah. I mean, I, I have the experience of going in places and seeing them like that. And like it creeps me out and it makes me turn to the dark side. But yeah. <laughs> you know that's what I mean? Fair. That's fair. I mean, we know that's kind of end goal for you, whatever happens. So like the world's pointing you in that direction and me, all of us. Um, yeah, Riggy said what I was honestly just thinking, like they were going to do tests on them or something mm. for, like, yeah, that, like in the cloning, like that's sure. what I thought they were keeping them observing oh, okay. goo for. Actually, makes that would make some sense. more sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that could be a good point. Um, and and that's one where like, I hate that we now have multiple stories that are all being set up to be able to justify what I think is one of the worst plot decisions Star Wars ever made in terms of, you know, Palpatine coming back because he was cloned. But mm -hmm. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Here's the thing about the Palpatine line, though. Like, we don't have to get too deep into it. But uh -huh. that was in the Legends canon, right? That was, like, they adopt, uh, adopted that, right? Like, not, oh, yeah. not literally, but, like, that was, that's a thing that happened, right? There was all this cloning. Yeah. There was Luke and, like, <laughs> right? So... It's mm -hmm. not like it came out of nowhere in a way. Right. I mean, I was no, like, that, of course he's coming back. Of course, somehow. That's definitely right. true. Yeah. There's, I think, 128 Legends novels. So pretty much everything is in there at some point or another. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So what do we think of, uh, first of all, just going like uh, Reva. What do you think of Reva in this episode? Because we do get a lot more of her. And like, I her really enjoyed her interrogation stuff. I mm -hmm. thought she was really doing very well with that scene. Yeah, I... I really liked the way she, like, it's clear to us that it's false, but, like, I think she's just done that line of, like, oh, Leia, I don't want to have to do this to you, you mm -hmm. know? Well, also, and again, this is something that's never been explicitly spelled out too often in, in on screen, although it appears in a lot of the canon novels, is this idea that, you know, the Sith actually, like, dark side users their power increases in the presence of other people's negative emotions. You know, their anger, their hatred, their fear, their their torment makes them stronger. Mm -hmm. And I definitely got that feeling of like, Reva was like wanting to get the information, but also like she was enjoying and getting empowered mm -hmm. by Leia's, you know, being tortured, which was right. yeah. hard to watch, but I thought really well done. Well, and then frustrated when she realized that she was like just getting played. Right. Yeah. Like, which yeah. also, by the way, that was like exactly what I, I thought she was going to be like, Dantooine, they're on Dantooine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that was another one of those moments where I feel like it was so perfect to the spirit of the character mm -hmm. while also breaking canon. <laughs> because like part of the canon that's set up, especially in the Rebels show, but then in A New Hope is like, Leia has, for the most part, been above suspicion, you know, right. and that this is when, like, you know, she's like, Vader, you can't hold me. I'm a senator. I'm pure. Knowing she has this record of already being arrested, like, to me, it, right. it doesn't have to fit. I know. Rebels also kind of starts to break that by, mm -hmm. although at the same time, like, Vader doesn't buy it. 
Yeah. You know, he's like, you are a traitor and porch of the Red Bull Alliance. Or he switches those. But, you know. <laughs> Take her away. <laughs> exactly. I, I did also love, especially because it's something Leia herself does later, the way Tala, like, Riki and I especially have talked about this a lot on another part of the Star Wars Universe podcast, that, like, the Empire is a great example of, like, one of the problems with very authoritarian power structures is often, like, if you're the person who yells enough and who most, like, claims that you have power, other people are going to do what you want because they're afraid. And that a lot of things fall apart because of that. And so the way that Tala was able to just be like, no, I'm in command. How stupid are you? I, you know, she went full on. I'm Karen. Let me talk to your manager. Yeah, yeah. And, and the other guy folded. And I was like, yeah, I that actually, it. it was so great to watch from her. And it was like, yeah, that, that is how things would work in this power structure. Mm-hmm. Would thrive. There were a lot of things that just, I, I, I don't know, like that sort of almost worked for me, but it did, it just didn't feel, I don't know. There was something, you know, and, uh-huh. I wonder whether it's like, I don't know, almost like assuming a certain level of like misogyny and patriarchy from the emperor, from the empire. It, it plays a little odd, you know, and mm. it's the sort of thing where if like this was the first thing, I think it would feel a little different, you know, and mm. that's not to say that it's bad. I'm like, I don't have a problem right. with it. Um, it's just... It, I mean, you know, she, she's like, not like, let me speak to your manager. She's like, I am your manager or like, right. you yeah. know, your ma- but, um, oh, and sir. I can I was like, yeah, call her, sir. Right. Exactly. And I was kind of at the, in that last scene where, or where she was, where the person was like, this is not your station. And then she goes off with him and she comes back. I'm like, I don't buy that. He would just let her go. I'm like, oh, she knocked him out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Right? <laughs> For sure. Right. Yeah, like, I totally believe that the first guy would back down. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. I think... And you're right. Like, it's not... The, the Karen thing's a joke. Here, she she's claiming no, the power. Yeah. But I, and I think it, it, it's important that she can do that. I think it's not... To me, it's not at all coincidental that, like, we have her, Riva, and Leia all playing these important roles in this episode. They're all about claiming their power in different ways. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I, I, I can see that it's... I just don't like prequels. Like this right. just keep like every time, yeah. every time we talk, and I, I want to be so excited about the show. There's a lot about it I like, yeah. and it may well be also that this is gonna be one of those things where the first time I watch it, I'm just like, this isn't what I, I this isn't this doesn't fit my idea, and that's my fault. That's on me. That's fine. And so the second time I watch it, I'm probably gonna like it a lot more. Sure. Like I think Mad Max Fury Road is one of the best like dystopia action movies I have ever seen. I think it is a very bad Mad Max movie. Because it's like it's not like, a Mad Max movie, basically. Yeah, yeah. not the start. And, and they've yeah. admitted that. They've said that yeah. they wrote it as a separate movie. Yeah. And then the producers were like, well, you're known for Mad Max. Can we like stick Mad Max into the story somehow? Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> that's a tangent. But like the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, right. This is an am- amazing movie. Just forget about the Mad Max part. And I think like once I know, like, okay, yep, this is the canon now. Brain adjusted. Because there is, there is a lot to enjoy. And this one at least was fast paced enough. There was enough going on. You got to see Obi-Wan doing some fun stuff. Like, I thought mm-hmm. the water scene was really great, mm-hmm. um, even though the physics of it. Yeah, it, it didn't make any sense. It was cool, <laughs> but, like, it was, it was, like, logistically, I was like, but he was holding it here, and they were there, and then he stopped holding it, and it hit them before it hit them. What? But, well, like, I think we've, we've uh, seen Jedi, like, push, like, bodies right. of water before. But it's a... It, it, it's fine. It's just, it's fine. It's fine. It, 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 it really, it really just doesn't make... That physics yeah. sense even the with the force closed. but like 
It's okay. It's okay. The right. the idea was was there, you know. Yeah. I, I was more on, I think now the entire t- place is flooded and gone, but fair enough. That also too. potentially, yes. <laughs> uh-huh. I was just yeah. like, hey, this reminds me of Jaws 3. Awesome. That's yeah. <laughs> is that is that the one where the shark has enough memory of them and it wants revenge personally? No, that's that's uh, three. Jaws this time revenge, it's personal. That's four. Oh, four. Jaws four. Yeah. Okay. Jaws three is the one where they're at a uh, Sea World. That's right. That's right. It's all like underground Dennis stuff. Dennis Quaid. And... Yeah. Yep. <laughs> classic. Classic. At the very end, and this is here. This again, the New Hope story when Reva says, "No, no, no, Lord Vader, I let them escape." Mm-hmm. Do you believe her? Or is no. she saying that to not get killed in that moment? Not not to get killed, but at least she was smart enough to put that tracker well, the, in the drone. When I, I was like, it's on Leia. Obviously, she right. didn't put it on Obi-Wan Kenobi. And she's lying, which is pretty it's risky, girl. That's risky. Um, but it was very smart to put that in the droid and the fact that nobody's thinking about that. Ken was like, why don't they have droid de- like or, uh, detectors, like bug detectors? And right. think in this futuristic right? yeah. thing. And I was like, well, Ken, it's not the future. It's a galaxy it's a long, long time ago. Yep. I got the eye roll for this century. He's like, never mind. Never mind. Well, this this was actually the episode for Easter egg that stuck out the most to me. Because mm-hmm. that's literally what Vader does right. in A New Hope, right? Okay. And so, like, I, I mean, I kind of believe her, but I also kind of don't believe her. But, like, like maybe she's telling the truth. It's um, a fail-safe. It is. It feels like this is like, is this where Vader gets the idea to do that in A New Hope, mm-hmm. which is like kind of cool, but also mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I found the scene with Vader and the whole bunch of Inquisitors just like, it was just weird. It just felt weird. I don't know. There's a yeah. lot of things in this that just feel weird to me. <laughs> and it's because I watched the original trilogy first and then I watched the other stuff and then this and that. And like, now here we are. And some things just don't feel right to me. And that's fine. You know, if they yeah. feel right to other people, that's cool. You know, <laughs> I'm still going to complain about them, but I'm not going to tell someone else they're wrong for enjoying it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm not thinking that like about it like that because I don't know as much. So mm. I have right. that, you know, that's like the gift of not sure having that prior knowledge of any of that stuff for it to bother me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, which so, I think is great. Like, and I, I mean, it's not the Mandalorian like that. Obviously, it's not my favorite show, I'm, and I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. The Mandalorian is much better than this. Yeah. Um, and almost Boba Fett was because the Mandalorian took over halfway through, and then it was still awesome. I so, I don't know. What? No. I said I thought what? the other parts of Book of Boba Fett were the better part, but, you know, it's a, to each their own. Of course you to did. Each their own. Of course I did. <laughs> they were more We're not talking Disney. about you right now. It's my turn to talk. Fair, fair. Jesus. <laughs> he's not he's not appearing on this podcast um robert rodriguez Jesus. exactly uh moving oh, on oh yeah I, I don't even think of that as a person okay go ahead yeah <laughs> he did exist um oh, but, probably he was just a carpenter he's just dead um but his ideas live I, not going there <laughs> i'll talk now. about my christology some other time no I just want to say a quick note, though, on that. Uh, at some later point, myself, Paul, and Ashley, and possibly one or two others, uh, are going to do an episode on toxicity and fandom. And, and I just want to say, like, I really appreciate the way we're all talking about this here, because I think, to me, and we talked a little bit about this before, but I think it's kind of worth reiterating, like, it is awful and terrible that there's so much hate being directed at 
some of the actors, especially it's being often done on racist lines and our sexist lines or ageist lines, all that's nonsense. And I appreciate how much the Star Wars community is speaking out about it. Uh, we actually got a pretty uh, terrible email to this podcast, which, you know, it, it, in some weird way, it was like they were saying you're too woke. And I was like, hell yeah, I am. I'll, I'll you know, they called me a social justice warrior. No, I'm a social justice bard. But either way, you know, that's a, 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 a title I'll proudly claim. But I think that sometimes the, the response to that, which I don't put these two as equal because I think it's a response, but I think can be also problematic is when it becomes you have to love this character, you have to love this show, or else you're all the bad things that some of the people are, you know? And like, Paul, you and I have talked about this before. Lots of people don't like the character of Ray Skywalker for a lot of really terrible reasons. You have some, you know, more, I don't think your feelings on that character, but you have some other, you have some dislikes of the Last Jedi movie for totally different reasons. And I think the same thing we're talking about here, like, um, you know, I, all of us have our own varied opinions and all these things. And I think it's just, it's important to hold space for, let's absolutely talk about the racism. Let's talk about the sexism. Let's talk about the, the garbage at takes. Maybe when we're saying, hey, this is really racist is not the time to say, okay, but actually I don't like the character. Like, no, let's just talk about the racism or whatever. But also, it doesn't mean we all have to love everything, and that's that. That's all. And I, I, I just appreciate the way we can all talk about that. And I thought I was praising Paul, but he's giving me a look like I said something wrong. So I'll, I'll hand the, <laughs> the wind back thought. over. No, like I think there's a lot going on. I, I, I like what you just said a lot mm -hmm. for the most part. Um, not that I have specific quibbles with anything you just said, but okay. <laughs> I do. There is a. I do find it irritating that like certain criticisms or that disliking something like that it feels like it needs to be justified or that there's assumption that it mm -hmm. ties in with some specific group of trolls basically right. who are very vocal and aren't necessarily even the majority of people who have a problem with something you know yeah. and it, i mean no, as a christian i have no idea what that's like it goes <laughs> the other way too though because i recently like somebody i got attacked a little bit for liking mom too much which right. was for all the time I've been doing this, that's not something I've experienced before because I guess I've never really 100% liked something. I always had something to say. And even if there were problems with it, it was something that I was 100% willing to look by because it didn't bother me at all. I enjoyed everything about it. Right. And someone even went and like on iTunes was like, oh, she didn't let me, you know, I had a difference of opinion and I got shut down. It's like, no, you said your piece. And I responded back. And his answer was, you're just supposed to listen to what we say just because we want to say it. Like, you don't have to do anything with that information, but like, I needed you to know this, this, and that. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not just going to sit here and take it and say, oh, so sorry you felt that way, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to give you my opinion back because that's how you have a conversation. Nothing that you said changed my mind. I sorry. feel like they're missing the it's point of a podcast. It's very strange. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, it's very easy to start your own podcast. That's, that's uh, the thing. And, and then they start to spiral. It's just like, uh, we have we all have internal jokes, like inside jokes sure. with a lot of the listeners for a while. One of ours is the filthy casual thing that listeners created, which is fun. And that was something he was like, how dare you call us that who didn't watch all the WandaVision. And then when I told him like, oh no, like the listeners, it's a joke. You know, so, yeah. some people get it. Yeah. And he was like, well, you shouldn't have inside jokes because it leaves people out and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what is happening right now, sir? <laughs> I, I don't think that's a great point. And I, we'll get more into that conversation when we do our, this is why we're going to talk about what toxic fandom can look oh, like. Because, that's just a drop in the water glass, man. Yeah. I, and I, I think a lot of, 
part of what I'm seeing is that a lot of toxicity. It, it, there, there are trolls out there, absolutely. There's racist and sexist and homophobes, but um, a lot of folks didn't even realize you're being toxic. And that's kind of what we'll talk about. But anyway, back to this. Ashley, it sounds like you and I are kind of on the same boat. That that she she did place a tracker. She didn't necessarily let them go, Mm-mm. but she it was figured a out a, it was a very good failsafe and a very good story to tell when her mentor and and boss is choking her out. When no um, one else is looking out for you, you got to protect your own blind side. I like it, Paul. What's your take on it? Uh, yeah. I mean, I see. I don't see a reason to assume either way. Like, clearly, there was a tracker there, right? Okay, yeah. good mm-hmm. call. And either like there was a reason she did that. I I find it a little sus that like she actually let them go, let them go because it felt like she was kind of trying to catch them, you know. Yeah. But 100%. but maybe not that hard. I don't know. I mean, she only blew up the other ship, and like it. I don't know. I mean, she didn't use the spinning uh, lightsaber twirly helicopter thing. Sorry, Ricky. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's, yeah, I mean, I can buy it that it's either sort of quick thinking to sort of cover herself and that she'd already kind of pre-laid a plan for what if this goes sideways, you know, right. but, um, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe she is like kind of semi bluffing here, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. You poker players should know better. <laughs> Well, I don't think I'd want to play poker with someone who uses the force. Not be very effective. I, mm-hmm. The thing that I kind of was questioning in the Riva Leia scene was like, she's clearly trying to get in her mind. Right. Right. With mm-hmm. the force. The fact that they have this many force users right next to Leia and none of them can sense her force sensitivity, which is supposed mm-hmm. to be kind of off the charts even if she doesn't mm-hmm. actually do anything with it until, I guess, Empire Strikes Back a little bit, right? And then a little bit in Return yeah. of the Jedi, but really only a little. It it feels a bit, um, you know, it's just like, okay, you know. Sure. Yeah, it, it, it felt off to me in a couple of ways. One, one was like, why can't they sense it? Two, like, so many people who have this deep connection to Anakin, like, I don't know how much of, like, the Force connection is a DNA connection, but, like, it feels like they would connect to her in some way. Mm-hmm. But also, unless Riva is actually quite bad at it, I don't know how Leia is resisting her force probing of her mind without using the force to some extent to push back. Mm-hmm. Like, And so right. even that that alone would say, like, I would want there to be some moment where Riva's like, what are you doing, girl? Like, yeah. how, how, how are you keeping me out? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like their whole jam is like they go around trying to catch force-sensitive children. And Jedi, yeah. right? right? So like, she it sucks at her job, right? Unless it really is some kind of big fancy double cross thing that we don't know about yet. Which hero turn again is yeah. I so okay. All right, here's a here's a question: Do people anticipate a hero turn from Riva more, like, because she's a woman? Like, do we see that more in terms of female villains, like, more often? Because, like, I think about, like, Batman villains. And, mm-hmm. like, how many of the female villains are in Batman are just, like, straight-up villain villains? And how many of them are, like, much more sympathetic and have more, not, like, hero turns, but sort mm-hmm. of, like, hero co-op slash, like, anti-hero turns? 
this is actually a topic that we got into a bit with uh, Emily Sassel in Superhero Ethics a while back. Yeah, because especially I think especially in Batman, a lot of the villains are either they have a hero turn or they're villains, but for a good reason. Right. You know, Poison Ivy wants to save the environment. Catwoman is, you know, getting revenge for evil bosses. But also mm-hmm. it's because often they're set up to be love interests and they can't right. be a love interest if they're just totally evil. I, I think, and certainly again, in the episode that I, I hit this at all out of order, that's my fault. But once the episode with Riki and Sarah goes up, that was a topic we got it. Okay. We did get into the okay. idea of could Riva being being set up for a hero turn. I'm not sure we looked at it. I'm not sure if we were thinking about that because she's a woman. I think the fact that, that she's a woman, not only to say a woman of color, and we've had very few women of color of any kind, let alone as villains or heroes, that there's kind of a strong push both ways of like, it'd kind of be awesome to actually, if she winds up being a hero, but mm-hmm. also awesome to have her be a villain. And I think people just see that different ways. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that's a part of it, but I, my sense at least is it's not as much because of, it's harder to imagine a woman as a villain, though I think that is definitely a part of it. That's why I'm on team. I want her to be a villain, mm. but I think it's because we just haven't had many strong women in, in the show for the most part, uh, especially women of color. That there's kind of a real hunger like on both sides of that but mm. yeah I, who know i don't know i'd be I think you guys think. laid it out saying it's going to follow the movies because she would technically be like the vader of the right. group and he would kind of be the sidious so i could see yeah that yeah that, that's interesting that could be Which, sort of the part six i don't know i mean because the only you one who like really has work. a hero turn right? the, ori- the only one who really has a hero turn in the original trilogy is lando and well, having Vader. her follow well, Anakin. Well, okay, Vader. That's that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, kind of, kind of a big deal. <laughs> kind of a big deal. But for him, it's at the very end. Yeah. yeah. But but, but as long as you get there. I I will point out that almost every black character in Star Wars started as a villain or some manner of antagonist and became did something heroic, especially if you include that's Vader true. as like voiced by James Earl Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty hard. You know, there's right. a stormtrooper, there's a stormtrooper, there's Lando, you know, it's, it's like, and I mean, it's not a long list, you know, embarrassingly right. so, but like, it's sort of like, hmm, can we, can, can there maybe occasionally be a black character who's like just a hero from birth or like just a villain and is just a villain? Like, I don't know. It's, it's not a big ask. Yeah. I feel. God, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, like oh, God, I hate that that's true because now I can't think of. One. You're right; it's a very short list to begin with. But, and I think when we talk about you know racism and sexism in sort of the fandom, which isn't the main gist of today's topic, right? But you know, I think we have to acknowledge that like some of the movies, there was a lot of racism, especially if oh, I'm yeah. looking at you, Phantom Menace, more than anything else, and like, and sexism, and, you know, I mean, the first movie was made in 1977, um, you know, I mean, Leia was, like, a, a very strong character, right, like, right. She, um, so, in some ways, they were a little bit maybe ahead of their time in some ways, although, maybe 77, I don't know, things were a little different, but, like, yeah. you know, yeah. it, she still needs to get saved, though. She's still the princess. Sure, yeah, exactly. She's still the saved. princess. Although she's like nice rescue, you know, yeah. and she's yeah. like but sassing them, the, and like what, you know, she's like into the garbage chute, you know. Yeah, but yeah, she is literally not, damseled. So she's not just the damsel, right. but she is damseled. Exactly. She is, except for Mon Mothma at the very end, the only female character. Well, and Aunt Beru at the like. Sure. I don't think like, she, she. I don't think she ever says a word to another female character in the thing. No. Nah. Um, 
and like the thought of her climbing into a, an X-wing at the end is never brought up. So, right. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think that's a point. And I, I admit, I'd never realized that about the black characters in Star Wars. And, and I think it's a very good point. It's, yeah. Even like I'm thinking Clone Wars. I'm thinking uh, Rebels. I mean, uh, Saul even, Guerrera is like a good guy, but also like kind of sketch in some ways. Right. You know. But I think but that's, I sister, want her to stay maybe? like that. Like I don't want her to be a hero. I want her to do like one good thing and then be like, okay. you guys, screw you guys. I'm out of here. Going to do my own thing. Right. Yeah. Like, if it was something like, yeah, Shaw Guerrero, by the way, in the Clone Wars, I think is white, or at least is very much, much less light skinned than Forrest Whitaker is. Yeah, yeah, I think it's kind of racially ambiguous, yeah. but I, I, I thought he was kind of more like light skinned black, but, but yeah, that I think also is, you know, somewhat white. Yeah. I mean, within the context yeah, <laughs> of the Star Wars universe, race isn't right. the same even, thing, right? Even, even Carl Weathers' character in The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. Like, he yep. goes bad pretty quick, and then exactly. he becomes good again toward the end. Exactly. To what you're saying, Ashley. Oh, I, I think you propose a good possibility in that, like, if towards the end, Reva has realized Vader's not going to welcome her back, she's screwed up too much, or she's mm-hmm. done something to challenge him, and she knows that she has to go on the run, and so she's kind of like, F you, Vader, I'm going to help Obi-Wan and Leia as an F you to Vader, you know, kind of, it, yeah, like, like I'd be fine with her get, becoming like a Ventress character, but even Ventress gets yeah. kind of good. I don't want that for her. I want her to be dark side. So yeah. So if she kind of helps our heroes, but it's for a, her own selfish, stay alive, yeah. stay ambitious reasons that I'd be okay with. I don't want her joining the rebellion, you know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, aside from the fact that like, how does that going to make any sense? Like down the line, you know what I mean? <laughs> But yeah, I could we, see her we taking think more she of might be time. one of those children who ran from Order 66 at the beginning. Do we still we oh, think that? 100%. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 I think there's like almost no doubt. And um, I realized we had a listener comment uh, pointed out something that I was saying that, that wouldn't actually make sense. Because I was saying I thought maybe Anakin recognized something in her or even maybe she like turned on the other kids when Anakin and the 501st came to... Uh, the oh, Jedi Temple, right. but then I rem- the, the fan pointed out to me that she actually talks about being on the streets yeah. for a while. Okay. Yeah, so I think and I, I think clearly she was in the Jedi Temple, she escaped, she got out, and only then later was found by yeah. Vader. Cool. Makes so. sense. There's, there's a few comments. Do we want to read any of the comments? Yeah, let's go for it. Go you for wanna... it. We've got uh, Riki saying, why use the Force when you can use the Sass? Excellent point, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think it's super true. <laughs> Um, Dr. Kyle Berkeley says, um, I'm enjoying her as a villain for three reasons. She's a black woman, she's strong-willed, and she's not sexualized, which mm-hmm. is very rare, I think. Yeah. You know? um, I mean, I, I think you can find her attractive, but, like, they're yeah. not trying to put that front and center. It's just, you know. Um, yeah, and I, I think that's very, and, and even the attraction you have, I mean, she's a beautiful actress and a beautiful character. I think what's attractive is her power, not, right. like, any tight uniform she's wearing. Like, I have no right. idea yeah, what yeah. her body type is, because it it doesn't matter yeah. and they're not focusing on that yeah her uniform i I'm like i want that, one of those you know um, not yeah. like <laughs> with valkyrie yeah. that was like she's like no i want like a, a real you know outfit yeah. not and super yes. cleavagey and mm-hmm. and yeah. i loved how they did that too i like that we're moving towards that <laughs> definitely definitely courtney says i think her strong will is part of people's problems but i'm lapping it up love her i think yeah that's very true i think uh there's an awful lot of sexism, misogyny in the way women characters are treated, but especially, you know, sort of uh, misogynoir, like, you know, towards how black, you know, the whole idea of like the uppity black woman. And she, you know, I think that's that that's triggering people. And I think that's great, you know, mm-hmm. because I think they're not used to seeing a black woman in that role. Um, 
and and th there's definitely you know, I think and this is also where kind of some of that toxicity we're talking in comes in and this is where and again it's I I, I think this is hard to talk about because I think I don't want to paint with a broad brush and say everybody who doesn't like Riva is secretly a sexist and a racist mm -hmm. but I do think an awful lot of people who don't like Riva there is some racism and sexism that's influencing their opinion of her in ways they don't understand or don't realize. And like, yeah. even I've realized that, you know, like I didn't like the Wonder Woman movie that much, the first Wonder Woman movie, in part because, and someone helped point me out to me, like, yeah, I was bringing some of my own implicit bias to how I was viewing that character. Hmm. Um, but that's where it gets hard. It's like, I want to say that to a lot, but I also don't think that's true of everybody. You know, I think you mm -hmm. can be very aware of those topics and also just be like, yeah, I just don't like this character for whatever reason. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, also, like, for me, I feel like there's things where something sits a little oddly, and it's because of the things that have gone before. Like, Star Wars has historically used various accents to denote certain things, whether it's, you know, the Trade Federation, which is a horrible, um, mm -hmm. you know, racist portrayal, uh, you know, um, or, or Jar Jar, or um, what's-his-face um in that same movie and but then also you know you've got like the british and the british kind of was supposed to denote villain but it was like actually it was more of a core system thing right because mm -hmm. kenobi also had the british and right. like you know here she's speaking in a very i think um kyle says she's also from baltimore right and i'm not sure if it's like a baltimore accent specifically but it, it feels very kind of like you know um aave right like she sounds black, right? To right. the extent that that is a thing. And, and there are like pe people speak in different ways. And I think that's the sort of thing that like when people have in general, there's going to be like sort of, um, I don't know, a reaction or like an impression that, that people make based on how people sound. You know, and and a lot mm -hmm. a lot of that's bigotry, right? Um, but a lot of it's also just the experiences that people have had, and so I I do think I I think like intellectually I appreciate that they're doing that, right? Mm -hmm. That they're not like, oh, can uh, can you sound more white? You know, but yeah. like, because because uh, that's like a note, right? That Hollywood gives, or they do the opposite, you know? Right. Yeah. And and um and so. I appreciate that they're like going for that, I think, in I think a conscious way. Um, yeah. But it, it does sit a little like with previous things that have gone before. It, it just, you know, I, I don't think, I think it's a little different than like how Lando sounded or like John Boyega sounded, you know. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. You know, I'd have to like go back and listen more. I have a, a pet theory that there is a system in Star Wars where everybody speaks with Boston accents that um, both uh, John Ratzenberger's character from Empire Strikes Back and Donnie Yen's character from uh, Rogue One both come from. Okay. Donnie Yen also has like kind of like a Boston because he grew from, up in Boston, yeah. but also Hong Kong. So. I mean, so Matt Damon has to play somebody from that at some point. I mean, yeah. yes, Still please. Preferably a thespian. But... I don't remember what his character's name was, but Bill Burr. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Bill Burr. Thank you. That's that's a, an important. Yeah. yeah that, that's like the, the most visible and mm -hmm. audible like, oh, yeah, he sounds like he's from Boston, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, Dr. Kyle, uh, Dr. Kyle says that he's from Baltimore. He can pick up an accent. Uh, he can pick up their accent from a mile away. Uh, Dr. Kyle, you've just volunteered to be on a podcast at some point about The Wire, where we're just <laughs> going to ask you about the accuracy of different characters, Boston accents. Um, 
Because, uh, yeah, the fact that two of the lead characters are British actors uh, threw me. And I do hear what you're saying, Paul. And I think that that's, I feel like one of the things that's, this to me, I think is kind of at the heart and soul of a lot of the fan, you know, arguing back and forth about like, oh, you know, we're not being racist. We just want, you know, the thing of our youth, you know? Right. And I think a lot of this stuff, Star Trek, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, was created at a time when most of the stories were told by white men and most of the characters were either white men, in the case of comic books, mostly Jewish men, which, which is important, but still men who are at least what's considered white today. And often at that time, and, and even the characters of color were created by those folks and in that kind of a world. And in all of them, we're starting to see like, wait a minute, maybe let's expand the world to have more voices, to have more accents, to have more characters. And you're right. It is, it is going to be a change. It's not, in a literal way, people can say, like, this doesn't sound like Star Wars to me. Mm-hmm. I think to me, my response is often like, you know, that that's when it's time to let the past die. As you would have said in Last Jedi, you know, like that there's some I shouldn't quote Last Jedi. I try to convince Paul of something that that's yeah, 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 yeah. you're not helping um, here. Like, um, no, but I think but you're like, making an excellent point. Yeah. But like that, I think and again, it's not a like, you know, F you. You don't get to enjoy what you liked as a kid. But like. I, th- I think there's a challenge that you have, you know, kind of like what I say with Wonder Woman or like even more so Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, I think, challenged a lot of fans, especially male fans, because her story is one not of discovering her power, but of just deciding to no longer hide her power, mm-hmm. which is a story that I think a lot more women can relate to than men or non-binary folk, though by no means all in any case. And I think so for people have to be like, OK, yeah, let, let me see if I can better understand the story even if I don't relate to it in the, in the first part. And I think, yeah, Reva, the first episode, like her voice sounded, it didn't sound like Star Wars to me in quite the same way I'm used to. Until I had to kind of like sit with that and be like, no, this does sound like Star Wars. It's just a part of Star Wars we haven't seen yet. And that's okay. <laughs> I, I, I do think it's really important to like, when, when having like a particular emotional reaction to something, just, you know, take a moment, take a beat and think like, yeah. why do I feel this way? You know, and it, it doesn't mean like you're wrong for feeling that way. Right. I mean, first of all, you feel how you feel. It's fine to feel that way. It's just like if you then discover, oh, oh, maybe that's like a little bit of, of a prejudice. That's OK. Just instead of then being like, let me go send hateful messages, like maybe be like, let me let me work on me a little bit. Or be yeah. like, you know what, I just don't like this, and that's okay also, <laughs> you know, and yeah. that's fine. And in terms of letting your childhood memories, like, be what they were, I'm going to have to say that George Lucas is the one who ruined the original trilogy by literally, literally going in and changing the thing. <laughs> and that's the only way you can watch it, like, online is all changed, all mess up. I can't watch the rest of Return of the Jedi there. I have to go to YouTube. Which is fine. I love YouTube. Yub-nub. Hi, YouTube. Yubnub forever. Yubnub for life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, yeah. I mean, the history of, like, kind of messing with this original trilogy, it, it goes back to the original creator, you know? Yeah. It's like, thank the maker or not. Like, <laughs> you know, so, like, uh, it's, it's not, like, the first time. It won't be the last time. That is one of the things about all these hyper-connected universes you know, is yep. like all these things kind of do affect each other. And it's like, mm. I don't know. At the same time, it's like maybe we can just enjoy the ones we enjoy, not love the ones we don't love. And like, that's OK. And I like, see yeah. them as a gift. It's just a gift. 
Right. And it's like when you get a gift you don't really like, you're like, oh, okay, thanks. You know? That's okay. It's okay. And like I said, I feel a bit of, like after last week when I was complaining about the canon stuff and you both were like, no, it's fine. Yeah. I feel a little vindicated at some of your canon concerns this week. But there's the thing. That's why we have a podcast. Just right. pull off a little bit and then be able to be like, yeah, so that's what we feel. What do you feel? And that actually gets into the other... Oh, go ahead. I just wanted to speak to your concern from last week because I did rewatch uh -huh. A New Hope. And, like, uh -huh. I totally feel where you're coming from. And I also think it's important to be like, okay, I don't think this show literally contradicts the original story that much, right? Right. But the thing is, is, like, you had so long to kind of mentally fill in some of those gaps, that then when a story comes along and it's like filling them and you're like, no, 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 that's not what goes there. Like that yeah. is a very understandable reaction. And I don't think you should feel bad about that. I don't think you should apologize for it. I hate the fact that we have a climate where you kind of feel like the need to sort of be like, but you know, I'm not saying it's terrible. I'm just saying like that, but you know what I mean? But I, I mean, I feel like that comes from a good place, a good hearted yeah. place, but I find it irritating that like, we always have to clarify that sort of thing. So this is going to get off on a very different tangent. And I apologize. We, we don't have to stay on this, but I'll just say this once. I made a joke earlier about, like, I'm a Christian. I get that feeling. Mm. And that was a joke, but I kind of mean it seriously. And, and to me, that's also part of why I, I do feel okay apologizing for it a bit. Okay. What I mean by that is, like, that's a fandom that I'm a part of where a lot of my fellow fans are really, really toxic. Right. Not mm -hmm. in, like, I write bad things online way, but, he, like... I start I wars and slaughter lives. millions and chain, you know, attack the U.S. government kind of a way um, because they're fans of the same carpenter that I'm a fan of. And like, I do feel like because of that, I have some responsibility to be like, yes, I'm speaking on behalf of this thing that you may have been attacked by other people who speak up behalf mm. of. So I want to be a little clear that I'm not that thing and also that I take some responsibility for it. And it's on me to try to change that thing. Mm, okay. I feel somewhat the same way as a fan. You know, in that, like, I see people out there, both the creators of the stuff that I love, but also fans who've been deeply hurt, like both like just, you know, online stuff, but like, you know, harassed and stalked and mental stuff um, by the evils of fandom, uh, of toxic fandom. And so, yeah, so I think for me, that's why I I feel like it's very important for me to kind of clearly state I acknowledge that what I'm saying could sound like some really bad stuff you've heard. I'm not that, and while I'm saying it, I'm also going to call out that because it's. I I agree with you. I'm annoyed by it. I mm. I find it irritating, but I think the only way to stop it is to help, like, do conversations like we're doing, where we're making it clear that like, no, we are the dominant voices in fandom. We've just been too silent. Let these others take over the conversation for too long. I guess I just oh, don't no. believe in fandom any more than I believe in religion. So that's, that's so fair. like I don't consider myself like a fan. Like. I like things, I dislike things, I watch things. But I, I hear yeah. where you're coming from, and, you know, I respect that point of view, yeah. even if I don't share it. Ashley, the, the, the two of us have been talking for a long time. What do you have to say about all this? <laughs> I'm not that deep. That's sorry. I'm not that deep. Well, all right, so deep. talk to us about how awesome the lightsabers looked. Let's, yeah, yeah, let's talk about lightsabers. We already did. I, I, have, I do have a complaint about the lightsabers. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, time to complain about a lightsaber. Okay. Okay. All right. Paul, yes. do I need to tell you what 30-second clip to pull out for a TikTok of this episode? <laughs> here's, um, uh, here's my thing about the lightsabers. Like, why doesn't... 
they don't cut anybody in half. They don't cut off any arms. Like, they're just, like, scorching the armor. Like, I don't know. It, I felt like it should have been more destructive when people, when the stormtroopers were getting hit by lightsabers. I thought it looked freaking awesome. I mean, I it like, looked amazing. I can't amazing. handle the dead bodies floating in the goo in the basement. But I want to see them cut the stormtroopers in half. What is happening? Yeah, I don't like <laughs> looking at hunting trophies, but when you're gonna you kill someone, like, you know, it just- Disney. It, it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like they're just kind of like, kind of so, like, these things dismember people in every other episode, what's going on here? <laughs> Unle like, suddenly stormtrooper armor works now? Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. that's Maybe it. they got it souped up, we don't know. Yeah, maybe. One the only know. thing I could say is like, maybe Kenobi, was trying not to dismember anybody. Yeah, he, well, he did in the last episode. So Maybe. here's the thing. We keep being told that the terrible, horrible, very good, no good, bad day that happened to the planet of Mandalore happened sometime under the Empire, but we don't know when. What if it just happened and this one group of stormtroopers got Mandalorian armor type? There you go. Okay, yeah, this this is <laughs> way too hard. Their armor is, is a, a, a plastic Beskar blend. Yeah, I uh, do love that she got um, the the chick got out of there just by pulling his head down, the the mask down, and then just pushing the stormtrooper back. What's her name? When she was Tala. getting away, yeah, Tala. She oh, was yeah. just like poop, puck, puck, yeah, and yeah. was just out. I'm like, what just happened? Yeah, you guys are the, the worst. The, the fight choreography was great. I just want to see there some dismembered stormtroopers. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I think it's because we got the laser fence before that did yeah, such a thorough dismembering yeah. that Ashley was so into that maybe we, we pulled back a little bit. Yeah. Um, I do want to start wrapping us up anyway, yeah, because gotta... um, both because we, we had a good conversation, but also for those of us who are uh, watching live, the Ms. Marvel live watch on Scener is about to get started in a couple minutes. We're going to overlap with them a little bit, and that's fine. Uh, if you haven't seen Ms. Marvel, it's a fantastic, fantastic show. At least I think so. Paul will have some things to complain about. Um, I, but, I uh, mostly <laughs> enjoyed it. I'll say that. There we go. There we go. Mostly. Shoes. I took a driving test in, in New Jersey, and I just got to say, I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> when there was the thing about 100K, and then she's like 80,000, I'm like, I felt represented there. Because I was like, you there do you not round up to 100,000 on social media. I'm sorry. You get like a silver plaque on YouTube when you get 100,000. You don't just round up to that. You got to get there. So <laughs> what Paul is trying to do is, without actually telling you, announce that he's changing his channel name from Zed Madman to Zen Misanthrope. So just take that in mind. <laughs> that being said. What do you think a madman is? <laughs> I mean, also true. Also true. <laughs> but I'm very zen about it. Okay. Okay. On. Anyway, last comments from either of you about Obi-Wan. Um, I'm kind of excited for our next conversation. God, I hope you guys like the next episode better. <laughs> I, I like this one. I said yeah. I really like this one. Next time, I'm going to make a list of bullet points of the things I liked the most, and I'll lead with those. Well, and no, then after that five minutes out of the way, in. the next no, 45 minutes. It needs minutes to be peppered throughout the whole thing. Oh, peppered throughout? Okay, okay. I yes, can do that. I can, I can do so that. So we can go back. Yeah, yes. yeah. There were, I will say there were a lot of things I really enjoyed here. I thought that the moment at the end with Leia and Kenobi, even in the context of the whole, wait, but wait, Leia. Like, I thought that was really beautiful. I, I just liked seeing how small, how her tiny little hand in his hand, yeah. you know? Um, 
And yeah, I, I actually thought that she was really good in this episode and that mm -hmm. the interaction between her and Reva really did deliver in my eyes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I was disappointed that we didn't get any Vader and Leia. Maybe that's to come. Maybe that's just something they don't want to do because then it is like, no, he he, he would know, you know? So yeah. I, I could, I could I, see either I, I think it has to. I, I, I don't think I want to see them on screen together for exactly mm -hmm. that reason. Right. Yeah, I, I feel that. Um, but yeah, there Did were a lot Did he know of... in A New Hope? No, no, he doesn't know she. He doesn't. Return have any... of the Jedi sister. Oh, so sorry. you have a twin sister. You know, Obi Wan's failure is now complete. Uh, right, blah yeah. blah 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 blah. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, I, I think doesn't Anakin not even know it. she's carrying twins? Yeah, I he think isn't know. it like right. yeah, it's the little medical droid that says, "Oh, she's carrying twins." Right. Yeah, they find like... out right before she dies of sadness. Of or... nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right <laughs> after she dies of being a woman in a Star Wars film. Yeah. <laughs> also true. Also true. Well, I mean, you've got to carry the weight of a lot of things because there's so few of you. So, yeah. anyway, thank you all so much uh, to those in the chat. Thanks so much. Uh, great having you be a part of this. Um, to all you listening, thank you all so much. Uh, our my co-hosts have a lot of other great things going on. Ashley, starting with you, what are you doing up these days? Um, same stuff, just MCU cast stuff. Uh, Star Wars. There's not much besides just those two right now for me. Oh, and we're doing the boys, the boys on Pandavision, right? I guess. Is that Pandavision end? Yeah, the boys is on Pandavision. Pandavision. Uh, you and I and uh, your just friend Mark did just things. did Stranger Things, which is a lot of fun. Uh, there, there's, there's a crossover universe that I need in which Princess Leia hangs out with a particular character who's a younger sister in Stranger Things, who I won't mention for spoilers, and they're both <laughs> being babysat by Ms. Marvel. Like, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's just, I need that universe to exist somewhere. But yeah, check out, go to strandofpanda.com. You'll find all the good podcasts that are friends of the MCU cast, uh, Panavision, all those are doing. Uh, Paul, what about yourself? What is the Zen Madman misanthrope up to? <laughs> like, I'm just becoming a misanthrope. Come on. <laughs> Zen, the Zen Madanthrope. Uh, yeah, pl please don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Zen Madman on you know Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and then Zen Man Mad Zen da, 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 da. Zen Madman Poker on uh, YouTube as well. For I'm I'm doing in June. I'm spending two hours from 10 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time until like noon every single day, uh, hanging out and like studying. Uh, poker solvers, which is like basically like playing with AI. So it's it's I'm 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 like tight with the droids, and uh, <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun. But if you don't really know poker, it's probably not that much fun. At some point, I'll make some videos that might actually appeal to people who aren't like super into poker. Um, but yeah, if you're watching this or listening to this um, on on YouTube, if you can subscribe at Zen Madman, it'll help us get the channel to the point where. Um, you know, YouTube actually gives us some of the ad revenue that they derive from people watching the videos. And um, yeah, that's that's most of it. Also, uh, you know, I'm just hanging out here in Vegas where it's like 107. Tomorrow will be 109, then 110, then 111 on Saturday. I it's just it. uh, delightful. So, you know, air conditioning for the win. Yeah. Paul's pointing this out because I'm flying to Vegas tomorrow. That's right. <laughs> Welcome. And I, I was planning to see Paul, but since for COVID reasons, we're only going to hang out outside. Eh, it may not happen. We'll see. It gets down to like 100 at night. <laughs> I love dry 100 degree heat. Oh. Yeah. There's something nice about it. There's something not nice about it, too. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's... I'll, I'll take my Minnesota winters. Thank you very much. Anyway, mm -hmm. check out all the stuff both of those folks are doing. Uh, and of course, if you want to find out more of my podcasting, go to, although both Paul and Ashley are on quite a lot of them, <laughs> go to theethicalpanda.com. There you'll find 
Star Wars Universe podcast, uh, Superhero Ethics podcast, uh, plus a lot of times I guest on other podcasts. Uh, as Ashley said, we're doing Stranger Things. We're doing The Boys over on uh, Panavision. No big ethical questions to talk about in that show. I'm being sarcastic. Uh, and of course, most importantly there, though, you can find all the ways to give us feedback. Um, email, Twitter, Facebook, Carrier Pigeon, all that can be said. Well, not Carrier Pigeon. That's not really ethical. Uh, you can send, find all that on theethicalpanda.com. You can send a Carrier Panda. Would that? Would, mm, no, probably not. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm very tired. Theethicalpanda.com. Ashley is sadly shaking her head at me. I really need to end this. There you'll find all the things. Give us feedback. Even maybe leave a review of this. Uh, I really love more people to be finding this, especially in Kenobi. And when there's active reviews happening for the Star Wars Universe podcast, that's how people find it. That's how we grow. That's how I don't have to come to you with more ma Manscaped uh, ads. Because those transitions were fun, but I think we're glad that that period of time in our lives is over. So please check it out. Please leave us reviews. Please leave us feedback. And most importantly, please, as fans, be excellent to each other. Bye. May the Force be with you. Sometimes. And also, and also with you. With you. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. Okay. <laughs>